Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Off Red. My name's Pip Adam and this is episode 98. We are getting dangerously close to 100. 100. Will we make it? Will we not? Who knows? Um, this is a special episode. Um, we step out of plot um, for one week and we I get to talk to Richard Lassen about place. Um, we use as a starting point the first Glass Bolts album, Glass. And um, yeah, this was an amazing conversation. I feel very grateful to have had it. Um, very grateful to Richard to have um, spent some time answering my questions, um, which I always feel nervous about whenever I'm talking to anyone um, from music because I know so little about it but Richard was very patient and kind and um, it was a really interesting conversation and I'm very grateful. I'm often embarrassed about my enthusiasm and um, yeah my enthusiasm for Glass Vaults and for Richard's um, solo um, sort of um, activities as Richard Dada um, is unbounded so hopefully it isn't too uncomfortable for everyone um, as well as Richard Larson and Glass Vaults is Bevan Smith and Rowan Pierce and lots of friends um, and um, I put some stuff on the website about some current projects of um, Bevan and Rowan's as well so yeah I hope you enjoy this podcast um, there are lots of links um, on the website better-red.com and yeah um, thank you very much for listening there's an exercise at the end and thank you to Copyright Licensing New Zealand who have helped fund this element series thank you very much Hello Richard, how are you? Hello Pip, I'm good, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for making some time to chat with me. It's a pleasure. I'm really grateful. I'm grateful to be asked. <laughs> um, I feel a little bit selfish um, because um, a lot of what I've got to ask you are current obsessions of mine. And um, <laughs> I'm hoping that other people will find it very interesting as well. But yeah, um, I'm thinking a lot about sound at the moment. And yeah, I'm really grateful that you're here. Oh, cool. Um, I was wondering if you might start us off just by introducing yourself, however you want to do that. Yeah, sure. Um, kia ora, my name is Richard Larson. I, I was born in Fielding in the North Island and then uh, grew up in Lower Hutt and then um, moved to Wellington in my kind of 20s and spent my 20s in Wellington and then went to Berlin for a little bit. And then now I live in Ōtutahi down in Christchurch with my partner and our baby and our dog. And um, yeah, that's, I make music and write and teach. That's me. Nice. Oh, that's so nice. Um, I, um, a couple of my friends have recently moved down to Otatahi and it seems like there's a really great, um, like there always has been. Yeah. Like um, I went to film school down there, but it feels like um, there's a lot of really cool people down there at the moment. There is. It's, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It, there is some really great people and it's I guess the landscape of it is um, unlike Wellington which kind of funnels you together it sort of spreads you apart here so you really have to make the effort to cling to those people <laughs> well I do anyway I'm like where are the where are my people and then sort of turn up at their house and <laughs> have cups of tea so yeah there, there are um, and, and maybe more so like I keep hearing um, just with all the housing crap people mm. from Wellington kind of um, toying with the idea or coming um, coming back I'm not I'm not from Christchurch so it was kind of an exciting thing to find a new place to live um, 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I um, yeah, I, I I um was born there and spent quite a lot of time down there. And yeah, I really love what you're saying about the landscape. Like um, yeah, I was just thinking about how Christchurch was definitely one of those cities where people would just turn up and um for a cup of tea. And I really uh, I really love that. I I think other cities I've lived in are not so much that. Yes. But yeah, it's kind of cool. A big thing for us here at the moment is like, um because Christchurch it gets a bad rap from from people um and it's like I we're all about like come back and make the change like you could you could make the change if you were here rather than just sitting in another city and bagging on it it's like no come and like you can make it cool as well because it's I mean it is cool it's it's such a cool place it's got so much beautiful stuff and yeah anyway that's that's our little thing (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like, I like it. I really, I really love, I, lo- I love it there. And yeah, I am almost every day I think about moving back. It's such a fantastic yeah. place. Um, today, you've recommended something which I really like the idea of. Um, we thought as maybe a jumping off place, we could maybe use um, Glass Vault's first album, which is called Glass. Yeah. And I just wondered, what is it about that? If you want to like describe the album or if you just want to talk about why you thought that might be a good place to start in a discussion where we're sort of talking about place. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm holding it in my hand. It's a vinyl <laughs> copy of our f- the first music we made. Um, it's an EP, so it's got five songs on it. Um, we On the front cover is a really hazy pixelated picture in all kind of monotone blue of a pool um, and someone's kind of a, a domestic pool like a house kind of like a maybe I think it was actually at a farmhouse we took this photo we took it on one of those um, uh, what are they called like the to- kind of like a toy camera but they take beautiful mm-hmm. photos um, yeah it's a cool image and uh, I, I'll open it up. I'm pulling the record out. It's um, it's half black and it's half blue. And I like, um, conceptually, I like that it feels like it's been dipped in the pool on the front cover. Um, we wrote these songs, I think, like in 2009. Um, mm-hmm. And me and Rowan got together. I was, I guess, like I kind of wrote most of these songs and then got together with Rowan um, who we were studying at the time together and then we brought them to life together and um, recorded them at his Nana's house on her farm up in somewhere in the Manawatu I think and um, yeah put them out on Bandcamp and then this this dude from Florida um, really liked these songs and decided, well, asked us if he could, well, he wanted to make a record label and he said, can I put your record out to be my first one? And at that time, um, it was 2010. So like records were definitely like coming back, but for a, a band at our kind of level, it wasn't like the norm to release on vinyl. So it was kind of a, kind of exciting for us. And why am I starting with this? I think it's just the beginning of the thing and um, starting to think about how um, through lines throughout all the music that we've made and the inspirations and the kind of hard turns we've made along the journey. 
but that's kind of where it started with this blue pool album called Glass. Mm. And it's a, it's a magnificent album. Like, I mean, I just because I've been living with it with the, for the last couple of days, and um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to think. For me, it's really interesting to think that there was a world without this music, and then there was a world with the music. Mm-hmm. And I just like I have no idea how you start. Like, um, especially it, it seems to me that the idea of having someone else that you need to um, what's what I'm looking for, like communicate the idea of what you want, must be incredibly productive. And yeah, like. Uh, how can you remember like how on earth does that look like I mean do you does a sound happen and you think this is a sound that's in this song and this is a sound that's outside of the song or is it a layering kind of thing where you start with one thing and then move on top of it or mm-hmm. what how, do, how does it work um <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know but I, I will I will talk I will, I'll say some words which hopefully will get us to somewhere close to it <laughs> I think um I think so me, me and Rowan were studying performance design um mm, mm. at the drama at Tuifikari the drama school and it was a co kind of run degree between Massey at the time it's no longer um a thing but we were there doing that and I was I'd always been writing music and songs um and throughout you know through my teen years and like when I was doing that's in my early 20s um I I hadn't considered production up until that point um, that much. Like it, I was more interested in writing and words and storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. Rowan came from the complete other angle. Um, I sort of wish he was here to talk about it, but um, <laughs> I can I can yeah give you a brief kind of vibe of his thing. Um, during our studies, he he looked a lot. He grew up. Um, uh, with the New Zealand um, Scottish heritage and anyone that um, is aware of that will know that um, Scottish and because of lots of different people, Scottish people away from their homeland are potentially more Scottish than Scottish people so they hold on to those traditions really strongly which is like mm-hmm. it's beautiful and he grew up in um, pipe band um, the pipe band world and so growing up he would go to these like you know halls school hall type wooden places where they would blare out pipe music bagpipes and drums and just him explaining the kind of immersive um denseness of being in those places and so that kind of conversation it 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 tied into his um study at the time as well and then it kind of filtered directly into us making this record and creating um music which was and immersive and um uh yeah those are the adjectives <laughs> dense immersive <laughs> kind of all surrounding rich and yeah moving um with um yeah and so I, I guess I was bringing like the narrative and then he was drenching them with the thing and I mean like later on we we after, like we weren't fans of we didn't know about bands like My Bloody Valentine at the time but then I mean they were doing essentially the same thing from a different angle um Mm. I guess their whole thing was making pop songs almost ugly or yeah disgusting Mm. kind of but similar 
different different starting points. Um, does that? I'm not sure if that answers it, but then we then we kind of we just we didn't know what we were doing. We put microphones in front of amps and played out these songs, and then we started working with Bevan. And um, when we came back from the farm, recording it, and then Bevan was like, "I can help you guys. We we can make this together." Because um this idea of immersiveness, like this um you know this is getting to some of the key things like I, I sort of have been a bit obsessed with like I'm really interested in and I don't know I, I, I'm really scared talking about these things because I don't know much about music but um like this idea can sound be space you know what I mean like when you were looking at production design that is kind of like I often think of production design as a study of what goes where on a stage or in a film or something like that. Yep. And I just wonder, can sound be space? Like I was, as I was listening to these songs, often I was listening with headphones and I did feel like they altered something in the physical world around me. Like in the way that they kind of move, the music will move from in front to behind or you know, it, it just feels like they're doing something. What do you have any thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> a couple. I I can't talk like extensively on it, but I mean, I know that um, I know that we need space for sound, and like mm -hmm. from like a kind of science, geeky scientific level, it's like um, sound is just vibration through space. Um, so it's essential and anyone that works in music production, um, when kind of talking about recording and producing music, it's like, it's always making space in a track. It's always taking things out so that the things that are there can have room rather than having mm -hmm. like it completely full. So, I mean, lots of our tracks are quite full, um, but I think, thinking about I always like that visual of little baby Rowan sitting in the um <laughs> in the um bagpipe hall and it mm. just and seeing you know visualizing the sound and it and it kind of being so around you and so full that yeah but it's um yeah I I think in your email you said about um does space Oh, does sound change a space? Or maybe we're going to get to that later. No, now would be good. Does, what was the... Uh, yeah, it was around that. It was around where the sound could change a space that you're yeah. in, you know. I, um, I don't really know how to answer it, but I think sound def music definitely changes people, <laughs> like for mm, sure. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. I think... Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. What did, mm. did what did you mean about it? Oh, um, I think that this kind of goes quite well to my next question, yeah, cool. <laughs> which is um, like this idea of people. And I'm just thinking, like one of the first concerts, or I don't know what you call it, like is it a concert? Um, that I went to after lockdown was your playing at um, Meow in Wellington. Oh, yeah. And I just, um, that was a surprising event for me because I had felt, you know, we'd all felt quite isolated. And then we were all together in the room. And I think largely because of your music, like glass box music, it felt like, yeah, it felt like almost like 
as, as I looked around, it felt like lots of people were feeling a similar thing. Mm. Now, obviously, that seems weird, mm. but I just wonder about live performance. Like everybody also here is raving about um, the parrot dog um, gig that you did a couple of days ago. Like, how do you translate something that happens quite privately into something that involves other people and is kind of like community, yeah. you know, is sort of communal? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I've been um, in the last couple of years. Um, and when we play shows, it's like, I guess when we first started, it was like we were like, definitely like shoegazers we were like nervous and <laughs> staring at our feet and blocking out the audience um and for a long time that was the um that was the the vibe that was what we were kind of interested in like knowing that if you just go inward like it will filter out you don't have to project performance out to people um but then i guess like in the last kind of maybe three or four years twisting that and and thinking about presenting outwardly as a performance and it's like it's so beautiful um in more recent years when you where we start playing and the first song is often like um shit is everything going like yeah can we do this um firstly mm -hmm. and then it's like you get halfway through and it's like okay we can do it we we do know how this works and then you get to the end of it and it's cool it's like everything's working and then you kind of for the first time look outward um and everyone's smiling and it's just like it's so beautiful and um that's just like uh, that's that's the best that's what i want um to make art about is celebration and community and um yeah that just real good time feelings making a party is that's that's the intention i think um, one of the big intentions so um yeah thinking about looking up smiling everyone's doing this everyone's kind of beaming and then at that point it's just like it's a back and forth game and i, I can relax and be present um oh what was the question can you touch the question again no i think i i think you've answered like i was sort of just asking about yeah like i mean this I'm, I'm always I, I find it with writing as well you know like I write quietly alone yes. and then every now and then I'm asked to sort of like share that and it's a really beautiful feeling but I I really am interested in that idea of um you know that it can be a conscious thing that it can be I loved what you said like it can be sort of an opening up yeah. you know an invitation in ways yes. if you know what I mean yes because like it's a different, it's like, I, it's totally different aspects of making music. Like there's that one where you're private and in the studio and late at night and no one else is around. And that's like my fate. I love that so much. I love being mm. alone in the studio. Mm. It's such a beautiful time for me. And then like the opposite has to happen <laughs> in order to present <laughs> the work um, in a live space. And as like, I guess I am mostly introverted. Like I, I sometimes am extroverted, but like most of the time I love my own space and um, being in my own head. And it, it's been a real conscious thing to um, become a performer. And um, I have another project called Richard Dada, which I, mm. I haven't made a lot of music with that thing, but I've, whenever, whenever I'm in that kind of space, I it has been about the performance and um, 
yeah, and I guess crossing that that threshold between private and um, external sharing. Because I think you know, I think that is one of the really interesting things about art that I um, you know, like I for years I used to say I don't even think about audience, you know. Like yeah, totally. I'm you know, yeah, um, yeah. art for art's sake, and all yes, yes. <laughs> And now I sort of do think, well, you know, actually it's, it's um, yeah, like if I, you know, I do want to make change and if I want to make change, you know, isn't one of the things to sort of say, you know, like here it is and let's chat about it or here it is and yeah, I, I don't know. Like I just think, I think it's really interesting. What One other thing, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, I was going to say, like, I totally agree and I'm still all for, not caring like you have to yeah. you have to be self-indulgent and not have the critical kind of thing going a eh? and so I think it's essential to split them completely apart yeah I really like that idea because yeah. I, I sort of I always used to think of it as different rooms like there was one room where I did you know my my writing stuff and then there was another room where all the other stuff went yes. on you know and like that and it was really good because then I could sort of yeah, like my, my shyness could sort of be like, oh, this is what we're doing in this room and this is what we're doing in this room. Um, speaking about rooms, um, I was just thinking again, um, so I saw you at me out and then I saw you outside, like, um, you know, which was quite amazing. Um, and I was thinking just the basic kind of sound engineering, like does the, the songs must sound different in different settings as well. Is that right? Um, yes, um, yes, um, I was going to say, I was going to say if you have a good, like, sound engineer, no, Mm -hmm. no, but, like, of course, if you play in um, a cathedral, it's going to sound different than playing in a small um, pub or um, club or whatever, and I guess, like, outsiders, there's not a whole lot of space in or that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? Like there's not, there's no walls to things to bounce off. Um, Yeah. And an outside space. Um, Yeah. And it's like, we've always kind of talked about, especially in the earlier days when our music was um, more suited to playing in like cathedrals and large spaces, how kind of wonderful that would be. And then, yeah, doing that now, it wouldn't work as well because our music is so percussive now. Um, mm, stuff mm. just gets just gets lost in in there and yeah that whole I think David Byrne talks a lot about um, he wrote a book about uh, uh, I'm not sure what it's called it's about architecture and music and how mm, mm. literally how spaces evolved um, music from um, yeah like religious um, cathedral choirs um, and then even talks about the talking heads playing in small rooms being being much um, more inducive to kind of rhythm and that sort of stuff. One of the things that often happens in Wellington, and this I'm just thinking as a writer, um, I, you as a writer, um, there's a song that you've got which is about Brooklyn. Mm. And what often happens in Wellington is that people get very excited about that song because <laughs> we have a suburb called Brooklyn. Yeah. And um, uh, but then when you go and listen to it, that that is actually not the Brooklyn that you're talking about. Yeah. And I just wonder, um, like, I mean, the lyrics to that song is so great. Like this idea of sort of seeing someone and yeah, that, and those kinds of things. Yeah, I just wonder, I mean, it, 
if you take songs to different places, is it different? Like, I mean, um, when you play music in different cities, are there different reactions or, you know, do songs mean different things in different places, do you think? Um, it's such an interesting question and I wish I could also just, <laughs> I don't, I also don't know, <laughs> but like, yeah, so you're right, like that song, actually, a recently a friend of mine, um, she lives in Christchurch and she was sitting outside Moon in Wellington and a group of people walked past singing um, that song yep. <laughs> and then she she replied because it's like a back and forth thing and she replied mm, and they all mm. had this big laugh and I said oh that's hilarious um, <laughs> um, though I'll, I'll try and come back to your question in a sec I just want to uh, mm -hmm. that song is about Brooklyn New York but then I wrote it it's not about Brooklyn Wellington but it is about Wellington because um, mm. I wrote it in Wellington and there's certain parts of the second verse are like it talks about um, me walking past the opera house and this lady stared at me and that is just like that exactly thing happened I was walking home late one night down Courtney Place um, and the opera was just coming out of the St James I think and mm. yeah so like and then there was this um Basically, like we went to New York in 2012 and the experience um, was so massive for us and it and it kind of, um, it was so influential on the next two records that we made that it lingered for so long. And mm -hmm. um, so I, with that song as well, I had this dream. When we were in New York, this actually happened, me and Rowan, um, we met this real cool um, girl called Emma Jo and she was from Tasmania and we just like were really good friends while we were there. And we, on one of our last nights there, we um, had a picnic on this rooftop in Brooklyn and it it just had, there were like three of us there, but it felt like a date because I think we, there was like a mutual like three-way crush, which is mm, like, yeah. I don't know if that was what was happening, but it just felt like, and it was beautiful and, um, Manhattan was in the kind of in the distance and then when I got back to New Zealand um, dreaming about seeing my girlfriend in New York it was in this kind of weird dual thing um, yeah so I guess just like the big thing was like how um, influenced we were by New York and the architecture and how that led its way into our music and then completely changed our music going forward because we just we did change a bit I think I think what's really interesting like uh, about that is that like that kind of layering of place if you know what I yes. mean like especially at the moment there feels like this is real liminal kind of um yeah like I'm I'm having dreams of places that I can't get to and and just that idea that I think sometimes places kind of um walk around with us as well yes. I don't know like I just yeah like um yeah, every now and then I'll be walking somewhere and I'll think, oh, I'll just go to such and such for lunch. And I'll be like, oh, no, that's not in Wellington. You know, and I just think, I don't know, like, I just think that um, there's something specific perhaps um, about um, Glass Vault music where it does, that kind of wash of sound also gives a more than one dimension feel to things as well. Yeah. Um, when, like, you've been making music um, with these people for a while and I'm wondering when you do sit down to write 
like is some of the what's the word I'm looking for like some of the energy of the music that you all make together does that kind of affect what you write do you think oh totally like totally um and especially because for me it's like the 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 words will all nearly always come once there's some music um Mm -hmm. and I think that's because there's a rhythm and a framework for things to fit into maybe or or a feeling um Mm -hmm. that's uh that's not always true because sometimes I will have like large concept before there's music um but I would usually never have like the actual words um so totally and especially with the the last record um sounds that sound like music that was more collaborative than we've ever been um and like on a couple of the tracks I didn't do any of the music for it and just had to write for it um Mm. and yeah that was a new challenge and completely going off the framework that others had built which for me it was like um yeah I really loved doing that it was really difficult but um super satisfying to take someone else's thing yeah I liked I liked doing that a lot um this idea of emotion like um as a writer like because I write just like for the page Mm -hmm. like I'm always extremely jealous of people who write um, for music because it does feel like you have this extra dimension of emotion. And I'm wondering um, when you read, like when you when you read or when you're writing something that isn't for um, you know music, mm. do you miss that dimension or do you think that it's something that we can make up for in other ways when we read just plain reading, if you know what I mean? Um, I mean, like, what I love about reading is being like it's the same being fully immersed in in the world and no one else like it's just me there and I love that Mm. like I for me that's like that's the bliss of reading is getting lost in you then you're kind of just a character in the movie of it um I and and also when I write I'm I I don't (laughs) I don't think I write being conscious of that it will be performed and mm-hmm. I did try that recently because because um, we've got a song called Boys on Boys and it it mm-hmm. feels like I'm talking to the audience or talking to someone and it's like cheeky and um, and I really I, I, I so I really enjoy performing that song because I'm addressing someone and it can be the mm-hmm. audience so then recently I've been trying to recreate that by um, writing knowing that I will perform it and I, I haven't done it I, ha- I, I I'm still trying but it hasn't worked for, for whatever reason <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if I'm going the right way about it but that is a cool I like this idea of like yeah you you know what the presentation is so you create the words for the thing if that makes sense Oh my god, I absolutely love that idea. It's kind of blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> I just, yeah, because I think you know, like, I mean, that's the other thing is, um, I was sort of thinking 
uh, the other reason I'm jealous of um, people that write for music is that it feels like you get that energy back in real time, if you know what I mean. But of course, that's completely not true, is it? You know, like, um, you know, like, it, um, you know, like, it, it, I, I doubt I will ever sit with someone who's reading my book and feel, you know, them sort of, you know, mirroring back to me. But I guess, you know, the live part of it is only part of it, isn't it? You know, and yeah, like I, I just, yeah, that's an amazing idea. Thinking about a direct address. Yes, I really like and, that. And 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 then and then because it's like I started to think about, um, so where are we and and what are the what are the what are the commands and what are the actions and because hmm. if we're in a space <laughs> where music is, it's like, do you talk about those things? And yeah, as I said, it hasn't worked, but like it's I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Often I'll have like as I said before, like big concept of the thing um, before anything else is there, before music and stuff. So I'm still working on that one. Even though I've, we've already kind of done it, I just want to do it again. Because <laughs> it's, it's so powerful. Like it's it's like, yeah, it's this is made for to be done in this way. And I can talk directly mm. to you and it can be a conversation. So yeah, keep trying. Yeah, because I often think about that when you say saying, oh God, there's a lyric that says something like, "Are you funky enough?" Yeah. And often when I, often when I'm, you know, out dancing to it or dancing at home to it, I often think, "Oh, am I?" <laughs> you know, it's this really, it's this really cool thing. And then it's kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah." yeah. I don't know. It's just such a great thing. Yes. Oh my gosh, oh, I love dancing. It must be. It must be interesting. I was thinking, um, thinking about the starting point of, um, you know, Glass Vault's music. Like it's exceptionally danceable. Whereas, and I guess you can dance to the Jesus and Mary chain, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know, like, it's quite interesting. Like, is that an important thing to you all? Like, that it is, that it does get bodies moving or not really? No, it totally is. And um, yeah, it just totally is, really. And I, <laughs> I guess, like, from the last two albums, huge conscious thing to, um, for it to be percussive and and when making the new record, um, Bevan kept turning up the BP, like making it faster, making the songs faster. <laughs> and that was quite fun because I would get really used to it being a certain tempo. And then the next time I'd hear it, he would have yeah put it up a couple of BPMs. And it's like, then I have to get used to that. And <laughs> But yeah, the whole, the whole drive was just, yeah, um, yeah, dance 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 music basically and yeah because also bevan has like kind of um he was like a 90s rave techno guy so that's like a big part of his um um cultural heritage i guess you'd call it that's where he came from so and i, I love i love that and even down to um musically when like we would never set up the drum kit and the like Corey Champion, who played drums on this last record, he would never do the whole song. He would do like, you know, maybe four or eight bars and then Bevan would say, all good. And then we just loop it. So it, it is mm -hmm. essentially is like dance music, um, but with yeah some organic stuff as well in there. Because mm. even that um, is something that I find really cool is that on stage, there's quite a variety of instruments. Eh? Yep. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes... I always have that thing that when a band comes on stage, you can sort of see the instruments and you can think, oh yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. I can see what's going to happen, yeah. you know. Whereas like you're all 
bring quite a lot of other you know like it, it definitely is there's all sorts of exciting instruments on stage yeah and it's always been um we've always kind of been interested in having both electronic and organic organic mm. it's not really organic but yeah i mean acoustic i guess is the word drums and mixing that um yeah we've never even we've always I've, we've always hated having laptops on um on a stage because mm. for just the mm. illusion of of that it i think as mm. an audience member they it's like i don't know it just breaks the illusion and even though like i mean we are using samples um which sit under stuff it maybe i don't know just even just visually it it feels more um together in sync Mm, yeah and even like the positions of people like I think that each time I've seen you Bevan and Rowan kind of face each other and then you know what I mean like even that there seems like this really interesting democracy on stage where it isn't kind of like singer right up front like you will move around as well yeah. and yeah that that's I find that really interesting and I always wondered if that was for a technical reason or whether you know it is so that people can see each other and sort of you know, make sure that they're um, sort of together on things. Yeah, and and I think lots of it is to do with our own kind of, um, neuro, maybe not neuroses, but just like uh, not <laughs> wanting to fit that, um, being shy, I guess, is the starting point, but also like kind of cringing at the, the rock star um, thing of the guy yeah. in the middle and he's that guy and even though I am like totally using a lot of that language um, because I've learnt along the way that audiences tend to they kind of this sounds weird but they want to be told how to behave if that makes sense mm, like mm, 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 and I think it it does take well one way I found of doing it is is being that person that allows them the opportunity to to play and to it's okay like and I that's where I that's how I am on stage I'm like I'm just playing you should come and play too like let's play together that's why we're here and I think going back to that whole dance thing it's like making a space to like move your body in public like it's such an odd weird thing to do <laughs> but it like it feels real good and like having a having a baby now like she just wants to dance all the time like you just she's just over one and I can just say are you dancing and she'll just start wiggling her body and it's yeah, like yeah. we want to dance but like yeah I guess society we've been told that it's like not that's not chill like don't don't do that don't don't be that person at the show that's um doing that but sometimes like everyone does it and it's like really beautiful I totally agree. And that's totally been my experience. Like, and I think, um, you know, I think it's so interesting that thing you're saying, because I definitely am like that. Like I need to sort of be told what sort of event we're at, yes. you know, like I just, you know, I just, I mean, like I am so, you know, crushingly, ridiculously like, Oh, what if I make a mistake? Yeah, you know, totally. And um, I think that you do get that. Like when you go to it, like, you know, you'll, I don't know like go to wax channels and it's like okay we're going to do this yes. and you know go to someone else and it's like okay we're going to do this and you go to a womb concert and you're like yep we'll do this yes. and yeah I just I really I never thought about it before but I totally am like please tell me what to do yeah 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 because yeah. then you, I mean it's just like anything hey like you get given the 
it's like going to an art gallery here are the here's the guide mm. for the gallery and you and then you can kind of explore within that space um yeah i think people i just i don't know i think it relaxes people to know how to behave but it's also i don't know we can push we can push that too yeah <laughs> maybe push it yeah 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 but we can push but in order to have a safe like enjoyable time it's like we just this is what we've designed the time to be um come and come and yeah come and do it come and play yeah that's so true i really like it hey um i do i want to ask just a little bit about um something i think i read you um talking about possibly this flow i can't remember um around this idea of asmr oh, yeah. and i know you're probably sick of talking about it or you probably i don't know but I just wonder, I, I'm just particularly thinking about the song Sojourn. Yes. Um, and I, like, that is a song that I have listened to over and over and over again. Like, sometimes it's the only song I listen to, which is a bit weird. But um, I just wonder about the atmosphere of that or, like, the weather of it. Can you, do you remember anything about, um, like, how the words came about or how, you know, the making of it or... Yeah, like, because that does feel like it does wrap itself around in a way. You know, what did we say? A Yes, yes. Um, I'm just going to have a look at the lyrics again, because often <laughs> when I write stuff, um, I can't remember. I just, I've got a bad memory. That's pure and simple. Oh, it's not here. Where is it? I often think that as well. Like every now and then I have to read um, my book somewhere and I look at it and I think, Whoa, who wrote that? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I love that. Um, I don't have it. I can, I can remember it, though. Um, so the question was the weather of it, the, the ASMR, and tied in with ASMR. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so first of all, the um, it's going to ruin your question, but I can still, we can still talk about it. <laughs> um, that song Sojourn, um, the ASMR, thing that we were exploring was for that album the new happy and mm. the so that song sojourn was originally on the album sojourn before that mm. the label mm -hmm. that we put it out on really wanted sojourn to be on the new happy um so mm -hmm. we just agreed because we didn't have any reason why it really shouldn't be um <laughs> so then we kind of remixed it a little bit to have the asmr thing um so just to talk a bit about this um auto-sensory meridian response ASMR it, I guess like um, when we were mixing that record it was in the zeitgeist like it was like a big phenomenon mm. on the internet um, and um, Bevan got really obsessed with it like often Bevan comes uh, I think it was Bevan's idea maybe even on the new record to do a TikTok kind of Fortnite video thing mm, 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 he often mm, mm. um he's like well he works in ch with children and stuff as well so he's kind of interested in um youth culture and and mm. all of that kind of cool stuff um so yeah ASMR it, like it we tried to give the effect that the album might induce some ASMR response by tingling of the neck and that sort of thing it wasn't that successful, but it was a cool thing to try. Um, and yeah, it was mostly in the vocal, how Bevan produced the vocal so that they were, um, they, 
there were whispered and close <laughs> to the ear and those sorts of things. Um, so the Sojin, so it, it's sort of separate because the Sojin song was on the mm, previous mm. record. Um, and it, and it, it, it did come more in the production um, after we had recorded a lot of those songs, even though, I mean, I guess we were interested in dry um, up close vocals anyway for that record. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking about Exosion, I, I've referenced a bit about having kind of large like concepts before the song comes together. And mm-hmm. I, um, I wanted to make a song which was like an ode or a response or um, to Paul Simon's Graceland album. I was mm-hmm. like very obsessed with that record. Um, yeah, for like a couple of years, it was all I listened to. And so that was just me kind of being like, this is, this is my response. It doesn't sound like it, like I don't think, but that's my response to it. I, when we first arrived in New York um, in 2012, we had to go and buy guitars and stuff. Brought a guitar from a big shop. Um, we were staying in Bushwick and it was like the middle of summer. So it was disgusting. And if you've ever been to New York, that it has that smell, like it's such a, Mm-hmm. kind of gross but <laughs> unique like laundry almost like it's wet and mm-hmm. yeah kind of gross we we're sitting in his apartment and it was sort of like sweating and I just um yeah it was the first time I played that guitar and sometimes when you get new equipment that's the wonderful thing about buying new equipment is new things come out of it it's like so cool it's mm-hmm. like okay wow that just came out of that one and then um it adapted from there and I think I ended up finishing it back in New Zealand um lyrically I, th- I think lyrically it's about um like it w- we went to New York to like do this residency but we were like so ambitious like we we weren't ready for it um we had like no support or not like it was just like probably the, the wrong thing to do <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like would never not do it because it was like so magical and, and difficult, like very difficult, but also like it completely shifted a lot of things for us, especially creatively. Like it was just like U-turn moment. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of that song was about and just all that stuff around and being an artist in New Zealand. I think this is maybe a little bit different now. It, with COVID and everything, but that whole stigma around you have to leave um, before people will recognize you, which mm-hmm. is totally a thing, eh? And it's like, it's what it was just wild for us at the time because we were young and um, we went there and we weren't really playing huge shows or we were like mucking around most of the time, but all of a sudden people in like, people in New Zealand were like were taking a little bit more of a attention mm-hmm. and that's not like there's there's always been really awesome solid fans who were aware of us um but just yet yeah, having that kind of thing like oh like we didn't do anything we just went there and didn't like just ate pizza every day because we couldn't afford <laughs> anything else <laughs> and then come back and then so I think it was a lot of this like talking about like f- how it would be for you and for us it was this and it'll be 
it would be different for someone else. And then it's also like a, just a bit of a, a love song because we were both um, had girlfriends back in New Zealand at that time. And it was like weird, hard mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah. And then um, I think, have you seen the video for that song? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that tinges it with a whole bunch of other like kind of New Zealand summer road trip um, mm, feels, mm. which I, it's like, it, it's, I think it was really perfect for it. Um, Ryan Fielding, he's the f- filmmaker, did an awesome job. And oddly, he put a shot of Graceland. He like filmed, there's a shot of the record cover of Graceland, but we hadn't talked about that um, connection. <laughs> so when I saw the video that he'd made, I was like, why, like, why is that there? <laughs> And then, so it was just this kind of beautiful um, connection between us that, yeah, I, it does have a weather. I don't, um, yeah, there's some ideas on how that album came up. It's not fully connected to the ASMR thing, though. Mm. Yeah, because I think, um, oh, I was going to say, that I, I, it's so interesting hearing that because, like, that, I don't know, like to me that song feels like almost the experience of reading an entire novel or seeing an entire, you know, movie or something like that. Like there's a real emotional kind of arc to it, Mm. which I think is quite incredible. Like, yeah, I just think I just love the way that music has that kind of mainline to emotion or something I don't know like it's just it's really interesting like how yeah I don't know I just think I think it's an amazing song I'm just gonna um look at the lyrics again for it um (laughs) this one here because what do I sing at the end of it there's like a whole different part Mm, mm, Um, mm, mm. um it's something like they, also, they said it, it was, I doubt it or something. So. Yeah. And like even the way that extra all is in there, like fuck. I love it when that happens when there's an extra syllable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's something squashed in there. Like it's just so good. Um yeah. And like there's some kind of angst in the way that I deliver that line. And I mm, I love mm, mm. it. It's real helpful to have something like angst or like angst is a perfect one because you can just fill the performance with it. And it it's like, it goes with some of the new stuff that's I'm like, kind of like got this cheeky character. It's, mm. I don't know, it just, it, um, it paints it in a different way, which is, I like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, thanks. I just, <laughs> thank you for radical music, y'all. I really appreciate it. Oh. Hey, um, can I finish with just one question? Um, this is a question that I like to ask everybody, and it might be slightly impolite, so you don't have to answer okay. it. Um, it, well, no, I don't think it's impolite actually. I'm going to take that back. Um, how do you sustain this career, this strange life, where um, you know, like, I don't know, like. I don't know. I'm just thinking it's totally selfish reason I'm asking this because I often think, you know, there are the highs, there are the lows, there are the, you know, like there are the moments where, I don't know, like how do you as a musician and as a group of people like keep doing it? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm asking. Um, it's a weird question. I think it's a, it's a perfect question, one that I think <laughs> 
yeah, creatives would constantly ask themselves. I definitely do, because there, you like you say, there are beautiful highs, and then there are this months of doubt and imposter syndrome, and um, it's weird. Like I will, yeah, and it's just that kind of emotional trough journey. There's like times. This is this is super geeky. This is this. There are times where I'm like, I forget. I forget everything and I have to listen to the music again <laughs> just mm-hmm, to be yeah. like oh no that's like that is good like we we have <laughs> like we should be proud that we've made some really like cool stuff and it's like that's that's um really lame to admit but like it's very true um yeah so yeah I don't how do we sustain it we pay f- for it ourselves basically is the truth like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there have been times where I've just been like I'm not doing this anymore because I um I'm just way too poor and I can't mm-hmm. afford mm-hmm. it um and playing the funding game is real rough and um mm-hmm. a very narrow set of skills to uh, to mm-hmm. continue to um try and get and then there's yeah, that whole, the whole funding game um, can be wonderful until you, until you're not successful anymore, and you're mm. just further questioning your own um, why you're doing it. So yeah, like I don't obviously have the answer to it. It's I've just come to a place for me where it's like um, I've found a job that like a day job that um, like nourishes me and. In other ways and like mm-hmm. I I love I love aspects of it so much um so I'm, I'm a primary school teacher and like mm-hmm. being in the classroom with the kids is like so inspiring and beautiful and emotional um and then I get to come home and do the opposite of that and spend time in the studio um and obviously like having having a family now is like that's that's another whole um, negotiation because they also need me for um, obviously. <laughs> so I can't just be like go into the studio and do that thing. I have to like really be um, specific about um, having this chunk of time and um, and just remembering all of like when I'm in those times, remembering all the things that I've learned because I think you forget. I forget how to make stuff as well. And I just, I go back to like, um, play, basically play. And it's, it's not, to answer your question, it's not sustainable um, because (laughs) you can't, it it just takes so much time. Like you can't just sit for two hours and um, like, obviously, you know, this and it's not a new thing, but like, yeah you you, the idea can come in a minute or months can go by and and you haven't produced anything but that doesn't mean that that's not worthwhile I think I think you're like you're just playing and muddling with ideas and at some point they do um they do live or they do um are realized as something but yeah I don't know I don't know I think um fun the arts (laughs) (laughs) I just yeah I just um oh my gosh thank you so much that has um yeah 
I one of yeah, I I so think you're right. I think um especially around yeah, sometimes I think to myself, oh you wasted that time. And then you know, I know that the two minute idea wouldn't have come if I hadn't spent the month, yeah. you know, like you know, messing about and going, oh, how how does one write? Like how does yeah. one <laughs> what are words? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes. And I just and I just think I don't know, and I think that's the thing. That curiosity or that weirdness, I think that's the thing that sustains me. I think it's just sort of being like, how the hell did that happen? And yes. Why does it not happen today? And and like, I mean, and I don't know, like, I mean, um, yeah, just to finish up, I mean, that's why I'm so grateful for other people, you know what I mean? Like, yes. um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for um, your music and I'm grateful for other writers and, you know, just, you know, because sometimes, you know, I read something and I say, oh, that's how it works. Or, you know, <laughs> yes. okay, it does work, but I don't know how to get to there. But yeah, it's a big deal. The other thing um, for me around that is also it's taken me like a long kind of time to get to is like, like everyone on the planet is capable like of mm-hmm. being a creative and everyone's mm-hmm. an artist and everyone should be creating stuff. So it's like, I don't... Um, there's this whole thing of like kind of privilege and mm. like I, I I feel privileged that I get the um, the chance to and the time to make stuff like that's a, such a privilege like it's oh my god if I didn't have that I'd be so sad and unwell like I just that's a huge privilege mm. and then I get to present it and people like some people we don't have a huge audience but like some people really vibe on it and that's cool um and like just knowing that there's not there's always room at the table for every mm. for everyone to to make stuff like it's that's mm. kind of big for me more recently is like it's not and it's not finite like there's always room for for everyone um so like there's then that that that's tricky when it comes up to capitalism which um isn't about room at the table (laughs) yeah and that weird funding model where everyone's competing against each other and stuff yeah and you know and I mean you know like um the last album that you did like seeing all those other voices in there as well is so great as well you know like I mean it it does it does feel expansive yeah with um yeah I I think yeah I think what you're doing is amazing thank you it's expansive it's dense it's um immersive (laughs) I'm just looking at all our words again (laughs) but Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I hope you have a good afternoon. Thank you so much for asking me to come on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, yay. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, so there were lots of ideas in there, which I think could be responded to creatively. But um, I did have one idea for an exercise. Um, I was thinking about the conversation about how places can kind of bleed into each other. And um, last year in the sound series, we talked a lot about how um, music can give that sort of extra dimensional effect of your body being in one place but your mind and spirit being somewhere else so what I thought was is it possible to write something that takes place in more than one physical space at the same time so um, I was thinking you could even search um, the place that you're in um, 
may have a, a, a settler name and maybe that settler name um, exists outside in another country and I thought you could maybe um, merge those two places together. I also thought that a lot of places in New Zealand have nicknames or sort of marketing names and I wondered if you could imagine um, a place um, that was like a literal manifestation of that nickname. I was thinking of things like Hamiltron and Swamp Town and the City of Sales and Gizzy and the City of the Future and I was just wondering if it's possible to sort of do this sort of in parallel leaking in cross-dimensionally kind of exercise anyway i hope that's fun and thanks thanks for listening